Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of Amen Podcast. I'm Lokalani, your host, and in this short episode, Alex discusses that thinking biblically about Ukraine and Russia is more important than thinking politically. This episode will help you think more clearly and confidently about this international conflict, and it'll also give you insight on how you can make a simple and powerful impact on the world around you. Amen. Let's talk about Ukraine and Russia. I don't want to get into the political stuff. I don't want to tell you how to think that way. I want to help you think biblically about this because I needed help thinking biblically about this and talking to my wife. My wife is actually a missionary in Ukraine the year that I met her. And there was this horrible thing that happened. Like right before she got on her plane, another plane got shot down. And so me and her parents and her loved ones are like, no, don't go. And she wanted to go still. And I just saw the love of Christ in her eyes, knowing I'm going without expecting anything in return. I might not come back, but that's what true love looks like. So what do we, how do we think about this whole thing? Because people are always like, we got to pray, we got to pray, we got to pray. I see pray for Ukraine all over my Instagram feed. And that's good. We have to pray. Why? Because it's not just people dying. It's people are dying and going to hell. It gets worse. So that's the Christian perspective. It's, it's not only that this is a tragedy, but it's an eternal, infinite tragedy. And so the, the, the sad fact about this whole thing is like men in Ukraine are being asked to be ripped out of their families and enlist as a soldier. And they might not ever come back. Kids might not ever see their dads again. And there's other people who are getting, you know, there's other damage of buildings falling and missiles falling. And so it's a lot heavier than what we see. So just saying we're going to pray is not good enough because prayer, true prayer leads us to action because we pray by faith and faith without works is dead. So what good is it to pray and then get up and do nothing in matters of this? We, we pray so God gives us the mind to know how do we deal with this, Lord? What do we do in response to this and in response of you being our king? How would you have us go about this? I mean, Aslan and Lord of the Rings, when it's time to go, they don't all just go. They look at Aragon. I probably said his name wrong. They look at Aslan. And they say, listen, king, what do we do? That's prayer. But they already have the ready hearts to do something. And we know this is a sign of Jesus coming back. The king is coming. He's always been coming. So this is just a sign out of the hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of signs that have been occurring that Jesus called the shot of before he left, and then after he left, those signs started popping up, popping up. So this is just another one of those signs. But Peter tells us that a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day unto the Lord. And he also says that Jesus isn't being slow. Peter tells us, I know Jesus. I walked with Jesus. I walked on water with Jesus. So I know Jesus, and Jesus is not being slow in his coming. He's being patient, waiting for you and me to repent. Every day needs to be a day of repentance for us. What do we need to repent of? Well, I can tell you right now, I need to repent of this us versus them mentality I have against other races. I have that as a black male in 2022 or one, two. Yesterday on the water, I was surfing and this guy paddles up next to me. He doesn't look like me. I know he's from a different country. He's distressed. His, I could tell his neck and his arms, everything's tired. He's like, 
like laying on the board. He needed help lining up on where the peak is of the wave so that he could catch a wave. And I looked at him and I had this heart posture of, oh, this is a kook, let me paddle somewhere else. Why? Because people treated me that way and because I have a prideful heart. I'm the biggest kook any water I paddle out in. At any break, I'm the biggest kook. I just, I already look weird, black man surfing out there, but I just not good at surfing, I'm learning still. But I had the audacity to treat him like that. Why? I have an addiction to pointing the finger. Well, those people are like this, or these people are like this, or you know, like this black guy, or this white guy, or this Asian guy. Or, I, that, I do that, and we all do that. That's the kind of stuff that Jesus is waiting for us to repent of, especially in the church. Because Sunday morning is one of the most segregated times. You know, the, the funny thing is, it was Christians protesting and marching to get schools unsegregated, and now schools are awesomely diverse, and churches are segregated. How does that work? It's because of this us mentality, you versus them. And so Jesus tells us that the greatest of all commandments is what? Love God, love others. Yes, pray. Yes, he's coming back, but love. And what does that look like? It looks like the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan, what does he do? He helps someone that wasn't from the same race as him that could give him nothing in return. And the Samaritan expected nothing in return, and he still loved. That's the way Christ loves. Christ loved us first, and so that's why we love. He loved us perfectly first. He says, no greater love than this than for someone to lay down their life for their friends. What was Jesus getting back? Nothing. Death, crucifixion, eternal hellish torment squeezed into those hours on the cross. What did he get out of it? He had perfect community in heaven. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they had it all. They needed nothing. Out of his love, he created us. And then we turned his back on him. What? And then he came down to save us because we couldn't save ourselves. What was he getting out of it? That is true love. That's what it looks like. And so living like that has ripple effects. That's why it's the greatest thing we could do. Martin Luther King and what he did, not fighting back, taking the shots, taking the spit, taking the punches, him choosing to love above all else. He didn't do it perfectly, he was a man. Him doing that has ripple effects in my life and my kid's life today. Paul getting stoned, getting mistreated, persecuted, ostracized, shipwrecked for strangers he didn't know out of love. He did that, that has ripple effects that affects us, affects you today. What Christ did on a cross, a little like Jewish man who the Bible says in Isaiah had nothing in his appearance that would have made us be like, ooh, oh, look at him, look at Jesus. He didn't have any of that. He was spit on, he was homeless, he was you know, wearing rags, he was punched on a cross and he looked like the, one of the most shameful criminals of all time. That's what his death looked like to people left alone by all of his friends and family. That, what he did, has ripple effects today. Even if you are not a Christian and you don't even know what those ripple effects are like, they have ripple effects. My, one of my youth pastors, when I was a kid, his parents wanted to abort him and they didn't because of some Christian influence. And he lived to be my youth pastor. So 
Christ's death 2,000 years ago. Out of his love, that has ripple effects. So you sitting at dinner with a bunch of people who want to point the finger and say, this people group, that people group, this person, that person, all these, those political people, that, you not getting, giving into that, you not joining in with the people shaming and the people grouping, you not doing that has ripple effects. A Ukrainian person might not even be in the room. A Russian person might not even be in a room, but you choosing not to point the finger at other people who are not like you affects them. How? Here's an example. I was at dinner last night and uh, this waitress, her name was Abby. She says to me, are you the pastor on TikTok? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, I love your videos. They've helped me so much. And I'm going to GCU. I'm working as a waitress right now to save up money. And uh, GCU is a Christian college. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. And I was feeling really discouraged when she told me this. And it encouraged me, it encouraged my wife. My wife is always on the other side of all these videos, other side of the camera. And so her saying this to me and my wife encouraged our ministry so much that we were like, let's make this video. Also, she had no idea how she was affecting people in Ukraine because my wife was a missionary there, like I told you, and she's in contact with people on the ground in Ukraine who she knows by name, who she has their contacts because they, they were friends. They were you know, hung out and ate together and they ministered together. And so Abby had no idea a direct connection she had to Ukraine. And you have no idea when you go to McDonald's and you're kind and you're nice. Again, I hope you don't go to McDonald's because it's bad for you, but you're nice and you're loving to people. They may have Ukrainian family members. They may have a Ukrainian pen pal for all you know. The point is this has ripple effects. You not saying, oh, those liberals, all oh, those conservatives, all oh, those Democrats, all oh, those Republicans. You not doing that, people grouping, pointing the finger, you choosing not to do that because words are powerful. Remember, God made the earth by them. You choosing not to do that, it may affect the, the person that's hearing you, it affects them. It affects who they go and talk to later. It affects who they go and talk to later. And I'm telling you, I'm so bad at this because social media has tempted me uh, beyond my uh, self-control at times, you know, or my self-control, not beyond my self-control. I had the self-control. I just didn't choose to put it into action when I am talking to someone and someone's like, oh, this person did this. Oh, I know that guy. Oh, dude, I don't like that guy. You know, going in, I struggle with that. And so social media has just made that worse. And it's so easy to do this us versus them. Christ never did that. Remember, Christ was the minority on the cross so that we could love the minorities in our lives so that we could love together as the minority. Because li listen, Christians are the minority. Many are called, few are chosen. Wide is the road to destruction, narrow the path that leads to life. Mm -hmm. We, the Christians, we're the ones on that little path. We're the minority. So Christ died as the minority. The only one, you know, the Son of God, the King of the Jews, on the cross by himself, spit on, all the religious leaders turned their back on him, all the spiritual people were like, oh, this guy is horrible, oh, he stinks, He's, we hate him, let's kill him. He died as the minority so we can have the strength to live as the minority, as the church, as the people of God in a world that's not our own. This stuff is, this stuff is happening, why? This is not our home. Death, fights, conflicts, war, anger, hate, all this is happening because it's not our home and the world is living 
in a bubble of sin. And it's decaying. It's breaking apart. And who are we? We're salt. We're helping the decaying, decomposing flesh of this world not decompose. We're light to push back the darkness. Most of all, we're priests. This was a promise that God gave us in the Old Testament. You shall be my priest unto the Lord. What does that mean? Priests prayed. Of course, they interceded for the people of God. But most importantly, priests were called to live unlike anybody else in their camp, anybody else in the world. Priests, they dressed differently. They ate differently. They lived differently. You can eat whatever you want. That's not what this video is about. They lived so differently, holy, set apart lives. Why? They were priests unto the Lord. When it came down to opening up the Holy of Holies and going in there and meeting with God where God's presence lived and existed, when that came to that, they better be holy and set apart in God's eyes. We have been made holy through Christ's sacrifice on the cross. Christ is our great high priest. There's only one. We've been made holy so we can live holy. He says, as I am holy, live holy. Reason why we do that is because when we live holy, we live according to what God has called us to do. What does he call us to do? Love. How do we have the power to love? Because he first loved us. Without expecting anything in return, he loved us. People seeing us live that way will have ripple effects that affects everyone in your community and everyone in their community and in their community. Last story. I went to the supermarket and, no, it wasn't a supermarket. It's just a regular market. And I got there, was buying something, and the barista, I'm friends with her. I was like, hey, how are you doing today? And she told me that her significant other is having health issues. I said, oh, I'll pray about that. She looked at me and she goes, I was going to ask you to pray because I know I know you're a Christian. It broke me. I was in my feelings that day. I was being a spoiled brat. I was in a bad mood. I was just trying to make small talk. Hey, how you doing? You know, uh, I'll pray for you. You know, the stuff Christians do. That's the mood I was in. She broke me. I remembered this promise that God said, you shall be my priest, Alex. Whoever you're, fill in the blank, whoever you're, whatever your name is, you shall be my priest, blank. God's promise is that you would be that. And so what did I do? I just, I broke down. I repented right in that moment. I grabbed her hand in the market and started praying with her. And she looked at me just like, like, whoa, like, I don't know, I didn't sign up for all this. But she felt, I know she felt loved. I know she felt seen um, by God because a priest showed up to her work. Wherever you are, whatever, wherever you go, you are a priest of the living God. And here's the thing, you're not just on your own. The reason why you're a priest is because God has made your body a temple of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Don't you know that the, the power that split the Red Sea and then blew the wind that made the ground in that Red Sea had just been split dry? You know, they walked on dry land. It wasn't wet sand they were walking on as they crossed this parted Red Sea. It was dry land. The power that did that lives in you. The power that had a pillar of cloud going through the day as the people of Israel crossed the wilderness, the pillar of fire by night as they walked through the wilderness, the power that allowed Peter to walk on water, Jesus to walk on water, all these powerful things that exist, that power is wrapped up inside of you right now as you hear the sound of my voice. Look at me. That's a big deal. 
and that's inside of you. His name is the Holy Spirit, and he lives inside of you. So you cannot tell me you don't have what it takes to affect this world by the words you say, by how you live, by what you do. You do, and it has ripple effects. It's not up to us to know how it's gonna affect the world. We already know how it's gonna affect, right? Salt, light, those things are effective. It's not up to us to know the, for us to know the details. Martin Luther King has no idea who I am. Rome, uh, Paul has no idea who I am. But here's the thing, they affected me by their love and you will affect Ukraine, Russia, and the world by the way you live today. And praying about it is not enough because people are dying and not just dying, they're dying and they're going somewhere. They're either going to heaven or hell, but there's no take backs, there's no do overs once a person dies. And so we have to do more than just tweet about it and post on our story and repost stuff and be cute on social media. We have to do more than that. We gotta love and we gotta watch how we are categorizing people. They're just people. You know, put this in practice. Little stuff like, uh, you know, like, oh, I ran into this guy. I ran into this guy at the, at the mall and he said this. It was so funny. Oh, yeah. Oh, what guy? I think I know that guy. What's his name? Uh, oh, I don't know his name. What's he look like? Oh, well, he's a black. Oh, wait, nice. uh, he had a blue shirt on. I mean, it's like, sometimes you, I get it. It's hard, but just try. Try not to categorize people by the color of their skin or their economic whatever or where they live. Try to just categorize them as a human being with flesh and blood like me and you. And I know that will have ripple effects that will affect the rest of the world. Amen. I love you. Hope this helps. And I'll see you in the next one. Amen.